your Bibles out and turn to Revelation chapter 22. I'm going to start from the back as well and work my way to the front. We, uh, we've sort of had this extreme weather event over the last three days. I'm glad you could all make it here today. It was funny, I was, I was in an office um, uh, just uh, on Friday and uh, in Melbourne and um, they actually all left and went home at 12 o'clock. Um, I didn't realise at that stage that our Premier had sort of suggested that it was a good idea. You know, while it's just sort of spitting a bit outside and sort of seeing all these, it was like, you know, you're on the east coast of the US and there's a hurricane coming in and everyone's got to go down and bat, bat, go out and um, batten down the hatches and that sort of thing. But um, sort of thinking there on Friday night, uh, it was sort of balmy night in Melbourne and, and um, you know, we've got this uh, extreme weather event coming and uh, sort of thinking... I'll tell you about a uh, extreme, extreme weather event. The world's the world's going to shake to and fro like a drunken man. The sky's going to open up, and the Lord's going to come back and um, wait for that one. Um, but uh, anyway, praise the Lord. We we do look forward to that uh, that event. As far as a title for today, um, I want to call it "You've Been Called." Maybe emphasis on the you've you've been called. Um, the word called um, in the Greek comes from klitos. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but that was my go at it. Um, and it means um, invited. You've been called. You've been invited. Pretty simple. And we know you've been invited to be with Jesus Christ. You've been called. And keep it pretty simple here today. We've uh, had brain overload with a bit of revelation and all of that sort of stuff, but I, I got a couple of um, simple scriptures out of revelation. And it, I suppose it's it's the simple things, the simple gospel message that's really important. And uh, revelation, we go, wow, you know, like what a plan, what what a God, you know, how amazing, and uh, and all of that. But it's the these simple things, a simple gospel message that's important. And um, we were singing on Wednesday after after the presentation um, this scripture in verse 17. It says, "And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely." Down in verse 20, it says. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And I don't know how many of you knew that chorus that we sing quite often comes right at the end of the Bible. Um, and it just really hit me even more there on Wednesday night as we're singing it because we've been li- listening out of, out of Revelation and after all of this, you know, not not only um, not only revelation, but you think after after all of this, the the six thousand years of the the history and 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 mankind and 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 the future, the plan for the future, and here it is, and the words are, the spirit and the bride say, come, an invitation, and. Um, just sort of, sort of think, you know, that, um, like, yeah, after all of this, the Lord ends with a, a personal invitation. And that invitation, like we read there at the end, surely I come quickly. That invitation is right now. RSVP straight away. 
you know, and and how do you know? Um, how do you RSVP? You get baptised. You take up the invitation, and you know this is this is an amazing invitation. And I want to point out here just how personal it is. I want to emphasise that today, just how personal this invitation is, if you get nothing else out of the talk. There's different types of invitations. You know, sometimes you might get something that you sort of is a blanket invitation. You know, everybody come, sort of thing. And you'll know it if you send out a group text, you very rarely get a message back. But if you send out a text to a personal text to someone, you'll usually get a message back. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, just a little story I was remembering from a, a long time ago, but the, I think it was the first job I actually went for. And um, if you've ever applied for one of these jobs that's got a lot of stages in the uh, in the interview process, um, this one was actually with part of the Reserve Bank. I was like 19 years old at the time or something, and I think it was just an ad in the paper, and I, I applied. And you go sort of stage one, Stage two, and then you you do all these uh, tests and go and sit for an exam sort of thing, and they they want to know everything about you, and um, and then you get to uh, you know interview number one and interview number two, and maybe you've gone for a job and there's a psych interview or stuff like this, and and uh, and then you got a medical, and uh, you know you've got to produce uh, you know all your medical um, details for your life and and that sort of stuff, and. Um, I ended up going through the whole process and I got the job and then I didn't take it because our grandparents had offered us a trip to Europe. So I went, so that was, that was hard to choose at 19 years old. But, um, maybe I should have chosen that, but, uh, I might have been better with my money. Anyway, um, so, um, you know, sometimes there's these, these processes and it's like we're going to find out everything there is to find out about this person and then choose whether to employ them or not. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe I'm stating the obvious here, but God knows everything about us. And um, let's have a look in Luke chapter 12 and verse 7. It says, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's a, a quicker job for some than others, but um, Ryan's not here today. He's in Melbourne, so I can't even make jokes about him. But... Um, Oh, for me, the greys. Um, the very hairs of your head are numbered. We sang um, Daryl's favourite. Um, and if I take the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the depths of the sea, even there um, shall thy hand lead me and, and um, so on. Um, it's amazing how stuff deserts you up here. Um, and, um, you know, just the, the Lord's love and his care for us, and it's very personal, you know, for the individual, you know, I won't name names, but, you know, point out around the room here today for you. And um, let's let's have a look in uh, Romans chapter 8. Um, Jeremiah uh, chapter 1 also talks about um, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. But in Romans chapter 8, and verse uh, 29... Just wrote this down out of another version, if uh, but you can you can read along. Got that one? Romans eight. You're all very quick today. Romans eight, verse twenty nine. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, 
so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he chose them to come to him. What a scripture. You know, and, and, and like Jesus, we're born of the Holy Ghost. You can read in Matthew chapter 1 verse 20 about, about, uh, Mary conceiving of the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful when you're reading the scripture and, you know, sometimes people question about the Holy Ghost and the need for the Holy Ghost and that sort of thing. And, and here's just another layer where we understand that so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You know, that's, that's us. That's what we're being called to. That's what we've been invited to, to, to be, to receive the Holy Ghost, to be brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. He's the firstborn and then came the day of Pentecost and then came us. At to, to, he's chosen us and chosen us to come to him. This is a very personal invitation. Sometimes we can think that, you know, God sent Jesus for everybody and he did. But, you know, that it's very general, you know, that we, we come to church and, and, uh, or we, we come to God because he sent Jesus Christ, the saviour of the world, the saviour of our seven billion sins for whoever come to him. But he actually knew you in the womb. He formed you. You know, he called you. He invited you. He invited you to be a brother or a sister of Jesus Christ, to be his children. That's a very special invitation. This is, this is not general, you know, and, um, you know, the, that to be chosen of, of him. Um, let's have a look over in uh, Mark chapter 3. So you can think, say, I'm called. I'm chosen. He knows all about me. Just want to tie those two things together because talking about that invitation, but then also talking about maybe a, an interview process. And, um, and the Lord knows all about us. He knows all about me. So why did he choose me? Um, and he continues to know all about me. He knows my problems, my thoughts, my mistakes. My CV isn't looking very good. You could find yourself in that position. And actually in the flesh, we all find ourselves in that position. And you think, actually, I haven't got a chance. You know, how can I have an, in, uh, how can I have an invitation to this job or to this, um, to, to, to be called of Him? Um, but God wants to give us a go. And it's like, um, I suppose my wife has had a, had a opportunity with this, but you know, if, um, you've ever employed anyone, is maybe sometimes you think I'm going to take this this guy this guy girl out of school and uh, I'm just going to help them or I'm going to turn them into something I'm going to teach them and you know there's lots of problems I can see you know there's this problem and there's that problem and it could be a bit of an issue but I can see something there I can see something that I can work with and the spirit and the bride say come you know and so. This is for us who sort of think, actually, 
I haven't got a lot to offer. You know, um, and I, I realise that Jesus came and died for everybody, but you know, if you're talking to me personally, it's a bit of a struggle. Um, and you got the wrong person. Um, just part of the blanket invitation. You know, I got to sort all my stuff out. But he says, I'm inviting you. Um, I was going to say, I'm inviting you, John, because that's just the first name that came to head, John. But, uh, you know, whoever it is, you know, I'm inviting you. And like we read, surely I come quickly. I'm inviting you now. And um, just sort of thinking about people who were, were used of God, um, or just characters in the Bible, you can sort of go down and uh, I just wrote down a few, but right from the start we got Adam and Eve and uh, Adam maybe was uh, knew how to shift the blame. Um, when you look at his character, he couldn't resist peer pressure. Um, Eve maybe couldn't control her appetite, I don't know. Um, you look at other people, um, Job, he had a, had a nagging wife um, and uh, Moses, he had a bad temper um, uh, he was humble, but he, he had a bad temper. Um, then you read of Aaron, um, and you think about Aaron. Like I was having a bit of a look at it. Um, I haven't got time to go into the story here today, but you think of everything he saw and was a part of. You know, as they as the Red Sea parted and they walked through on on dry ground, and and you see all of the miracles along the way, and the manna from heaven, and the Lord providing, and the water out of the rock, and and so on and so on. And then Moses is gone, and he, as the leader, says, "Give us all your jewelry, and we're gonna we're gonna make an idol." Like I don't know if it was ADD or amnesia or what it was, but you know there can be um, there can be deficiencies. You know there, we can so our CV doesn't measure up here. Um, we look at the prophets as well, and and their struggles, and and um, you know even depression and broken families, and as you go into different things and. But God used them. He called them. And, and some of them in particular, you know, we read of um, Isaiah and Jeremiah and so on, and, and the word of the Lord came to them and called them, invited them and ordained them to, to be used of God. In the New Testament, you just you think about the disciples and, um, and uh, I mean, of course, there's Judas, um, a, a betrayer, but Simon Peter... Um, we know as Peter, he was strong-willed and, and courageous, but he was also quick to speak. He was impulsive um, and some things that sort of got him into some sticky situations. James and John called the sons of thunder, maybe uh, stormy personalities and uh, easily angered and quick to judge. There's Thomas, who doubting Thomas. There was Matthew who was a uh, tax collector and maybe as far as the world was concerned or people around him of the day, he was seen as filth. <laughs> you know, that's the, the way they sort of saw the, the tax collectors at the, at the time. And God used these guys. Jesus went and called them and invited them to come and follow him. And, um, you know, God's real and he recognises, you know, our human condition. And the point is, don't think that God can't work with you, that you're, or that you're just a number. This is a blanket invitation. Mark 3 and verse 14. 
says, and he ordained 12. That word ordained, I looked it up, it says to be called, ordered, or appointed to accomplish something. So he ordains 12 that they should be with him and that he might pre, uh, that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So he's called, he's invited, and he's ordained these guys to do this. And after those things that we've just read about, and you know, the, the, the problems that you could sort of look at, their, you know, their human, human condition. Um, let's have a look in, um, John chapter 15. It's important to remember too that God ordains man. And uh, sometimes that word can be used in churches and uh, maybe for priests being ordained or this sort of stuff but um, in religion and that sort of stuff. But we are ordained by God and we are given com- a commission from him. We just read Jesus ordains the twelve. And John 15, it uses this word again. It says in verse um, 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it you. And and so we see this very special calling that, you know, he's, the Lord has seen us in our condition and he's chosen us. And he's given us a job to do that you may go forth and bring fruit. Once again, it's not that, um, it's not that, Lord, I'm gonna, um, you know, come to, come to church, um, you know, I'm, I'm in a, uh, not in a great situation and, um, you know, but it's the right thing to, to come to church, maybe to take communion and that sort of thing and hope that, Something improves for me in my life along the way. You see here, John 15, this, this picture is so much greater. This invitation is so much greater that you may go forth and bring fruit for the kingdom of God. Um, Galatians chapter 1, we read about Paul the Apostle who understood this about being ordained by God and how special this calling is to recognise, um, and, and you think about his situation, um, where, um, God, you've got the wrong person. In fact, it's Ananias, isn't it, that, that uh, God sent Paul to, and, um, and, and he says, no, no, God, you've got the wrong bloke. This is, <laughs> this is not, you've called the wrong one here. And, um, and um, Paul, um, I suppose that history was there for him. When you sort of think about your own personal history and, but he realized that God had ordained him and God had given him a job to do. And, um, and verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And down in verse 12, he also says, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That comes, of course, by the Holy Ghost. And, um, you know, so, um, praise the Lord for this, this revelation. Praise the Lord for this knowledge. And, and we know it because 
Acts chapter 1, we read about you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me in the whole earth. And, and this is, this is our calling. Let's have a look in Acts chapter 13. Um, Acts chapter 13 and verse 45. So of course, timeline is, is, uh, you know, this is, this is a number of chapters after the day of Pentecost and, and the word's going out and people have received the Holy Ghost and realized that they've been ordained by God. And they go out because straight away when that Holy Ghost is, is put in you, you realize it, it wants to bring forth fruit. It wants to. And, and you also realize that I have been called to be a brother or sister of Jesus Christ, who is the firstborn of God, and I'm now one of his children. I'm chosen. I'm invited. And, and he, he's given me a job to go and tell others and to, to preach the gospel. And so, um, and that's what they've, um, that's what they do here, verse 45. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. And then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. Um, I don't think he was saying that they personally say it, were saying that they weren't going to make everlasting life. He's sort of saying here, you have not received the word of God and you bring judgment upon yourself. And, um, and so now we're going to go to the Gentiles, um, because here they were, they were talking to, um, the children of Israel, to the Jews, and, uh, they weren't receiving the word. In verse 47, for so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life, believed. They were also called, you know, and, and, and this opportunity hadn't been for them, but they were, they were called and they believed. And in verse 49, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. I suppose it, it uses this word ordained in this passage, but there's a good little message in this story for us too as we go on preaching the word, that uh, some people are going to accept the invitation and uh, you know, and some people aren't. The Spirit says come, and the bride says come. The bride, who's the bride? The church, you know, and, and the Holy Ghost Church says, come. And, and that's all we can do. You know, what an offer. And I suppose the, is we don't be flippant with that invitation. That's not one that we sort of just, you know, when you get the, the invitation that comes in the mail or by text or however an invitation comes. And, you know, maybe sometimes, depending on the type of invitation, Maybe it's a wedding, it's a funeral, maybe it's a birthday, maybe it's a one-year-old birthday, it's a whatever. Look, maybe sometimes there's, maybe it's someone we know well, maybe it's someone we don't know so well, but there's things that, 
you know, we place importance on. This is an invitation at the end of, uh, at the end of God's creation, the creation of the heavens and the earth, the end of 6,000 years of writing, the end of 6,000 years of, of God dealing personally with his people and, and, and inviting people. And what does he say at the end? The spirit and the bride say, come for you. And, you know, we are called, um, I don't know if I covered on, off on that, that, that passage, but I think you get the, the gist of it as, as we go on. And, and we too, through the Holy Ghost, wax bold. And, um, you know, even when people do reject the word of the Lord, we wax bold. And, and then sometimes, you know, you sort of think this person's going to come and they're going to, they're going to listen and they're really going to, they're going to plant their feet and, and, um, uh, you know, they're ordained of the Lord. And yet sometimes nothing happens. And, and it says here they shook the dust off their feet. But what happens? The disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost and, and just, just kept on going because the Spirit and the Bride says, come. We were called personally in our difficult state and we continue to be called and ordained, commissioned, appointed in a difficult state. You know, like the people in the Bible that have gone before, maybe we were a nobody in this world. You know, maybe worse, like said about the tax collector. You know, maybe we were seen as filth. Maybe we just carried a messy past. Maybe we carry sickness. Maybe we carried marriage problems or family problems. Maybe we carry financial burdens. Maybe we continually make bad choices. Maybe we carry problems in our personal character. Our CV doesn't measure up. You know, maybe we failed at stage three of the interview process. Didn't make it past that one. You know, when we sort of look at ourselves. But God calls you. Whatever your situation is, he calls you personally by name. Revelation chapter 21, verse 7, it says, He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. After everything, you know, like I say, we've been, been hearing out of Revelation, if that doesn't move you, I don't know what will. But, you know, when, when we understand this position that he's called us to. And the word overcome or overcometh, from what I could see, appears 11 times in Revelation. There's a bit of a theme. Like I say, after all of this, there's this word overcome 11 times. First John, I, I was just looking in my Strong's Concordance, and uh, First John also six times. First John is not very big. Six times it talks about overcoming, and that First John is... A couple of books before Revelation, it's at the end of the Word of God. He has called us to be overcomers. He's invited us, this calling, he's invited us to overcome this life, to be with him. Um, just, just back, still in chapter 21, back in verse 4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be 
any more pain, for the former things are passed away. We know this passage well, but I just wanted to emphasize, you know, this, this overcoming. And, and these things are mentioned here of the human condition, of death, of sorrow, of crying, of burdens, of all of these things, that the problems that we can carry in this life. Um, because this, th- that is this life. And, and so these things are going to affect us. And so that's why the overcoming becomes important. Because it doesn't necessarily mean that the moment that we receive the Holy Ghost that we don't have to endure any of these things anymore. And, or that you become of no effect because of your problem. God called you and ordained you and you might be here today carrying a problem. But he has, he has invited you to overcome this life. He has invited you to be his brother or sister. He has invited you to bear fruit in your life and around you. That's, that's his promise. Um, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. So I said about 11 times in Revelation, this passage talks about very much about overcoming, but it doesn't use the word overcoming. So like I say, there's, a, there's quite a theme. At the end of it all, the overcomer, you know, that will inherit eternal life. And... Um, Verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be unto our God for ever and ever. Amen. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are those which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Like I say, very much talks about overcoming and, and great tribulation but they've washed their robes and, and made them white in the, in the blood of the land. They belong to Jesus. They belong to, to, to God, our, our Heavenly Father. And, you, you know, you sort of see that picture. I mean, it's a wonderful picture of this passage. And, and they're standing before the throne. And, you know, here we are on earth and, think, you know, sort of thinking as, as mankind and the CV just doesn't measure up. And yet there, can you picture it? Standing before the throne. And, and God says, I've invited you. I've, I've invited you to come and stand there. I've invited you to come and wash your robes. I've invited you to be, to be part of that, the overcomers out of great tribulation. What a triumph. Um, Revelation chapter 3, here it comes, all the rain, 150 mil. Um, Revelation chapter 3 and uh, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he 
with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I just mentioned on Wednesday night, you know, trying to understand everything out of Revelation. I don't know if you got a chance, but Revelation 1, 2 and 3 is a good good place to start and, and you know, might make a bit of sense. And you, you read about this, this overcoming. And, um, but here, at the end of all of that, what Jesus tells us is I'm standing at the door and if any man hears me, I will come in and sup with him. How personal is that? You know, that's, that's not the, the, the point I just, I just want to make here and it's pretty simple, but you know, that's, that's not a blanket, you know, um, I'll, I'll just, you know, I know Jesus, um, died for the sins of the world and I'll, I'll come to church and, and, and whatever. No, no. He's standing at your door knocking to come and sup with you. To come and, and, and share with you, um, this, the, the wonders of this inheritance of, of, of eternal life and, and, and to know about overcoming. To know about, about walking through the, the great tribulation and to, to, and sitting with him in his throne. First John chapter two, we're going to finish there, uh, are we? <laughs> yeah, we'll finish there. First John chapter two. So, I suppose there's a certain responsibility that, um, that comes when we're called or when we're invited. Um, I suppose if you're invited to, to come and, uh, be in a wedding party or, or come and, you know, you're invited to play a role in, in, you know, some, um, you know, like I say, wedding, funeral, um, you know, and, and maybe there's other things as well. Um, comes responsibility. Um, you, you don't really have a choice whether or not to rock up or not. And, um, um, and now that we've been given the Holy Ghost, I, I think there's a saying. It was it on the Mars bar ad or something. With great power comes great responsibility. Is that how it was on the ad? I don't know. Um, but with with great power comes great responsibility. And as I suppose, when we are ordained and when God puts this Holy Ghost within us, um, comes responsibility. And you know, we can think about it. Maybe if you're a parent and you're you're bringing up your children, and we now take on a responsibility to show to them the things of this life. That God has actually ordained you in whatever your position. Yes, may, maybe maybe there, you know, on Saturday there was uh, some people that um, toughed out the weather and, you know, had some prayer and went out on the street and handed out some pamphlets. And, and you can look at that as being ordained. But there's many other things. There's... You, you have been... You've been ordained, you've been given a job to do, and maybe that's with your kids. Maybe that's helping them to, to walk in the Lord, to, to, to grab a hold of their own walk with the Lord. Maybe it's with your wife, your husband. You know that we would, we would teach each other. Maybe it's with your, your brother or sister, who actually the Lord might couple you with. Maybe not the pastor, maybe not um, a leader, he might couple you together with them and that your fruit, that you would bring forth fruit and your fruit would remain in them. 
you know, and you see how this works and the interactive nature of it and the responsibility that the, now the Lord gives us that is is really special, you know. And um, I, I was going to go to to Matthew chapter twenty two verse fourteen. It says, "Many are called, but few are chosen." As we know, the Lord calls everybody. The Spirit and the Bride says, "Come." But how many will stand there in that day, chosen of God, you know, in this position, taking up that responsibility? Lord, what a privileged position I found, find myself in. And, and, and I don't know how, because, you know, I've got this problem or, you know, I make that mistake or, you know, whatever it is. But you want to use me? I'm going to let you use me. And I'm going to let your fruit come forth in my life. Um, first, uh, John chapter two and verse 27 says, but the anointing, this is a, the, another word linked with being called, ordained, anointed, which you have received of him abideth in you. It lives in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. This anointing, it lives in us, and uh, and if we allow ourselves to be led of it, we'll, we'll live in him. We'll, and verse 28, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him that is coming. And and this is the thing, isn't it? You know, like when we read in in Revelation and the, the invitation after it all, the invitation is the Spirit and the Bride says, "Come." Is that when He does, that we won't be ashamed of His coming, that we will allow His anointing to to live through us, that 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 calling of, of being a brother or sister of Jesus Christ, that we will allow it to live through us. We'll appreciate it and we'll take up that responsibility. We'll put down the things in our life and we'll, we'll look to overcoming, to overcome, to, to, to be invited to overcome this life. That is our invitation. And verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. And all the people said, Amen.